This is a very important thing before we start. Very important. Just to ask the person next to you, for life, okay, for life, hamburgers or booty rolls? If you have to choose. Once you choose the one, you'll never be able to choose the other one ever, ever again. You'll never see it again. This is very important decisions. The effects are huge. Who said I'll have booty rolls for the rest of my life? Who said hamburgers? Okay, so if you're opening a shop around here, it, you do burgers, okay? Pastor Andres and myself, we we busy preaching around the bride of Christ and we taking some time to isolate certain things that happens around church and happens around God's people that we tend to take for granted. But once you isolate these things one by one, you realize you don't really find it anywhere else except in, in God's kingdom expressed through his church. And, and therefore, I like to call this graces from Christ to the church because these are living waters we get to drink, but we don't often realize how amazingly we have been blessed. Um, and so this morning we're going to carry on. Just a very short recap. I think if you want to um, create a little library for yourself around these, then the last two weeks will go well with this morning. Um, then you'll have a, lot of, a little bit of a package of three sermons that went around church. Um, the first week I did the first two graces, which was the one was the Word of God in the church, friendship and accountability, which is unique when we come together as believers. And then last week was a, was a very, very important one, church discipline. It is a grace, believe it or not. It keeps us close to the Lord. And um, this morning we're going to go on, but just a quick re recap. Ephesians 5 verse 25 says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So I'm just taking us into this morning. Let's remember the, the commitment of Christ towards the church is one of ultimate commitment. He gave himself for the church and ultimately was beaten, bruised, and died on a cross in an expression of his love for the church. All right. So that the sins of humans can fall on him. That is how committed Jesus is to the church. All right. He gave everything for her. We also see in Acts 2.47, and the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who are being saved. So not only is Jesus wholly committed to the church, he's also the one who adds hearts to the kingdom in the church, right? He's the primary builder. And then lastly, as a recap, we, when I preached two weeks ago, I quickly spoke about the invisible church and the visible church. And just in short, the invisible church is a church as God sees it, and the visible church is a church as people see it. And what it means is there's, there's parts of church that we see and experience, but there's the unseen that God sees. 
an experience. And I used the example also two weeks ago when we are here together worshiping. Some of you are maybe new around here. You see people putting up their hands. Maybe you're wondering, do they have a question? Or what's what's going on here? Some people move when they sing. Some people sit when they sing. That's all right. Those are all external things. But God knows the heart. And so what it means is sometimes someone can worship like this, but be fully committed and yielded to the Lord. Sometimes someone can worship like this, but their heart is far from the Lord. Only the one who sees the invisible church knows what is in the heart of man. Okay? And it always starts here. Okay. Right, let's go on. So this morning, I am going to touch on worship. I'm going to touch on worship. Now, now Hendrik spoke on worship a couple of weeks ago. Please go back and listen to that. It was an incredible message. This morning, I'm touching on worship as a grace to the church. Right? And, and how does it flow to us and what does it mean for us that when we come together as a church, how is worship given to us? Right, now the hour is coming and is now here when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. God is spirit and those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Now, there's many things we can say about this passage, but one thing that comes to mind is that worship needs to be from the heart. It needs to be spiritual. It needs to be the unseen parts. All right? Sometimes definitions move in time, and we need to cut back as well. People might ask, uh, sometimes people would say, um, they would express themselves in this way, I'm not going to church, I'm going to to worship, because they mean the place where, um, where people meet. All right? But what Jesus is saying is that worship cannot be external only. All right? Worship is not something you, you, you go to. It is something that happens in you. All right? Yes, we sing together, but let's, let's just define nicely here. True worship is something that happens on the inside, and then it is expressed on the outside. There's nothing wrong with it. But it needs to happen here. Now, when we worship, there's a few things that happens. It's definitely more than that, but I'm going to just quickly touch on four things before I'm going to explain how the church helps us, because it is a grace to the church. When we worship, we minister to God. God ministers to us. God fights for us, and God gives us revelation. These are some of the things that happens when a heart comes to worship the Lord. Now, Let's just quickly read through a few verses. This is incredible because you and I just partook in this. This is incredible. Psalm 116. I'm your servant. I'm your servant. The son of your maidservant. You have loosed my bonds and I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord. So the idea is of us coming to the Lord with something. We are ministering to Him. We are administering to Him our hearts. Lord, I come to You. I am Your servant. And I come to You with a sacrifice of thanksgiving. 
Okay. It is ministering to the Lord. It's bringing Him something, something of our hearts. Through Him in the New Testament, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. What is that? The fruit of lips that acknowledge His name. Okay. Now, it can only be a song. What a beautiful name it is, by the way, was a chart, top of the chart hit even in the secular world. Okay? Outside of church, that song um, reached some other massive thing. Okay? So it, it, it could be that it's only words. Oh, but when the heart comes along in it, I am bringing to the Lord not empty words, but a sacrifice of my heart. And that is what the Lord is after. Amen? You're with me this morning. Worship is to minister to the Lord. When we minister to God, He ministers to us. Draw near to God and He will draw near to you. It's one or two examples. How, how does the Lord minister to us? Psalm 16 verse 11. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Sometimes when we draw near to the Lord in worship, He just simply ministers to our heart. We just realize, man, we're going to be okay. Sometimes when we, when we come to Him in worship, we experience some of His joys and His pleasures, and it ministers to our hearts. And we just get a sense of hope that morning. We realize, you know what? I've got some challenges in my life, but everything's going to be okay. I experience him with me. That is God touching back into you, ministering into your heart. It's another example of that. And it was the duty of the trumpeters and singers to make themselves heard in unison, in praise and thanksgiving to the Lord. And when the song was raised, okay, now they're going to worship, with trumpets and cymbals, and other musical instruments in praise to the Lord, for He is good, His steadfast love endures forever, the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud. Now God is responding. So that the priest could not stand to minister because of the cloud, the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. So the people were worshiping, they were, let me use this language, pressing into God, and then He pressed into their space. And He was there. And his glory filled the place. And the priest acknowledged that there was something going on. When we minister to the Lord, he ministers to us. When we worship, God fights for us. When they began to sing and praise, the Lord set an ambush against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah so that they were routed. Okay. Sometimes when we worship, sometimes it is very practical. We experience a breakthrough sometimes in our hearts. There's a thing that, that locks you down the whole week. You know, your neighbor opened his car door against yours. And it's the whole week you are filled with bitterness. Then you walk into church and you worship and you realize, it's a car dear. It's not that bad, but you've been in bondage the whole week. God just came and loosed you up because He fights for you. When you worship, He gives you perspective. So this morning, you maybe came here with some issues on your heart. I know because you are a human just like me and I came here with my issues also. 
But after singing for a couple of times, sing a little louder, sing a little louder, I realize it's not about me. <laughs> and breakthroughs start to enter my heart. Now, nothing has changed externally yet, but he lifts us up. God fights for us in worship, worship. And you know what? We don't feel like singing and praising the Lord when we need to do it the most. Because we are also no quiet. <laughs> There's no bitter, no, no clay. But it's the very thing we need. Isn't that true? When we worship, God gives us revelation. I know these points are connected, but just bear with me. When I thought how to understand this, it seemed to me a wearisome task. Until I went into the sanctuary of God, and then I discerned their end. Okay. Sometimes revelation is given to us. Just when we lift his name up, we get a higher perspective. We are invited into the way God sees. And sometimes, just in that moment, we know how to, what to do after that. We get insights. Acts 13 verse 2. When they were worshiping the Lord, okay, that word worshiping sometimes is translating when they were ministering to the Lord. Okay, Because in essence, it means the same thing. When they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, do this. Set apart Barnabas and Saul for the work for which I called them. All right. What it shows us, and it might be convicting, is there's so many decisions we are making every day as families, as spouses, as a small group, as an office, if we would enter into worship together, we will see a lot better than just making decisions from our perspective. Amen? Okay. When we worship, God gives us revelations. Important things seems to become more important, and the less important things seems to go smaller, and we know what to do. Right, so just that was just a little bit on worship. Now, okay, all of that you could do on your own at home, and you should. You and I should connect to the Lord at home. Um, we spoke about this, uh, the Word of God, which is given to the church. You should also read at home. But there's a unique momentum at church. Now, let's talk about worship as a grace given to the church. How is worship a grace given to the church? There is an anointing in togetherness. There is an anointing in togetherness. Anointing, there's, there's a way in which the Holy Spirit helps us when we are together, which is unique. All right. Now follow me here. 2 Chronicles 5. I'm reading this section again. And it was the duty of the trumpeters and singers to make themselves heard. Now, we have some people in our church that we, we want to make them heard. All right? So what do we do? We give them microphones and electricity. There's also some people we don't want heard. Okay? We don't give them mics <laughs> and amplification. Okay? Um, I'm only joking. Please sing as loud as you can. We'll just put the sound up here in front. But the point is that it was the duty of some to lead the others. It was the duty of the trumpeters and singers to make themselves heard in unison. They had to step up. 
make themselves heard in unison in praise and thanksgiving to the Lord. And when the song was raised, the trumpets, the cymbals, and all the other instruments in praise to the Lord, for He is good. It's a song they sang. His steadfast love endures forever. The whole house was filled, and everyone benefited of it. But it was the duty of the trumpeters and the singers to make themselves known. Now let it let us remember that when we are together, we can know that there's some people here with a unique gifting and leading us into worship. It has been given to them. And there's certain things you are gifted in that they are not as gifted in. Now, I spend time worshiping the Lord at my house. I do. But it's not the same as when we are together and I get to sing with Hendrik and Tabitha and Amanda and the whole team, which there's some new people I don't know. That's amazing. Welcome. <laughs> when we are together, there's something happening and therefore it is a grace. So sometimes you will come to church with weak knees, but you will leave church with strong knees because you have walked into a consecrated space where there is grace. Okay, where worship is brought to you in a way, in a jug, you cannot get it at home. All right. Now, I just want to say, when you are at home and you put your song on and you sing to the Lord, that is very important because you are teaching yourself the discipline of drawing near to the Lord. So please continue with that. And enjoy the momentum what happens when we come together and you get to do it with people whose lives calling are to lead a congregation in worship. It is a grace. Many times I've spoken to people who were away for holiday and they said, I felt so dry and then we started to worship and it's like rivers ran onto my heart again. Hebrews 10, let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works. Not neglecting to meet together, as it is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more. All right, so when we are together, we get this stirring. Not only in the areas of worship, but definitely. And so just, I just want to say to everyone up here, you are not singing songs, and we want to encourage you again. You are walking in your calling. And so when we come here in the morning, when we arrive here, you have been here for two hours already. You are ministering to us. Let the trumpeters be heard. Let the singers be heard. Thanks for taking your place and giving momentum to us. Okay. Amen. It is a grace to the church. What I also want to say on this togetherness is... I'm, I'm encouraged also when sometimes in church, I, when I look and I see people responding to the Lord, it, it encourages me. Because sometimes I'm aware of what someone is going through. And I know that they are maybe in a tough spot because maybe they shared with me. But as I look across the room, I see that person now responding to the Lord. And that encourages me to do the same. Now, when I'm alone at home, I don't have that privilege. 
So I want to thank each and every one of you for encouraging those around you and worshiping the Lord, even in times when it is tough. That this unsteerklik, it is a grace to one another. Another way the church helps us to really worship the Lord in spirit and in truth is that it facilitates honesty in worship. All right, now it connects well with what where Pastor Andres was living last week here on the stage. But that's what the church does. Now quickly read with me Matthew 18 verse 15. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him. And if he listens to you, you have gained your brother. All right. Okay, now, Jesus says, those who worship me must worship me in spirit and in truth. All right. So now, if I am alone at home and I'm like, yeah, I don't need other people, I can get deceived there on my own. I kiss my ear, I can do my item. But that's not possible when we are together because we keep one another true. So now I'm here worshiping the Lord and, and, and I'm, you know, yes, Jesus for Jesus after. And, but then there's another person in church that knows me personally. And, and let's say he's my landlord. Okay. And he knows I just bought a new bucky, but I didn't pay the rent. Okay. Now he comes to me and he says, listen, it's awesome that we worship together and you're lifting your hands and everything. But it is not right that you buy a new bucky but you've told me now for a couple of months you don't have money to pay the rent. That is not right. Now, that is just an example. But that is a brother looking across the room and saying, listen, you and me, we are brothers. But I want to touch this area of your life. Now, if you say, you know what? You are right. Let me correct you have worshipped into, you have moved into truth. All right. Now what will happen when brothers start to walk together is you will grow in your heart towards the Lord and your worship will be in spirit and in truth. But because that is a painful process in which God makes us beautiful, some people will pull in and grow and repent and say sorry and grow and others will rather leave the fellowship. And in that way, church facilitates honest worship. Okay? So for example, I come here, I bring a testimony here in front. Loving the Lord, he's amazing. But when you hear me talking harshly to my gardener, you say, listen, I don't want to be like rude or anything, but I hear you love the Lord, but I don't see that in the way you speak to your gardener. I think there's a blind spot there. Now, if I hear you, I'm moving closer to worshiping in spirit and truth. I'm allowing the Lord to work in me. Are you with me this morning? Okay. The church facilitates that. I see you worshiping the Lord. You're doing amazing work. But I also want you to grow. 
on that same point, behold, you delight in truth in the inward being. And you teach me the wisdom in the secret heart. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. I'm just reading, this is a Psalm of David after he committed adultery with Bathsheba. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. Okay. It is not the fact that we struggle with sin and that we are sinful that hinders our worship. It is if we fail to own up to it and grow. Sometimes when we're working through something or we sin, and we come to the Lord and we repent, we say, Lord, I'm sorry. Your heart full row. God delights in that. There's no problem with that. The problem is having a stiff neck. And when the Lord is coming to your life to help you grow, yes, and yeah. Don't judge me, me for my fatality. Church will be a very hard place to worship if I have a stiff neck because God is constantly prompting renewal, growth, and the softening of our hearts. Are you with me this morning? Spy still. Okay. Worship in spirit and in truth. This can only happen in the face of fellowship, in the face of others. All right. The last thing I want to say this morning, how, how, how does the church help us to sustain worship is that there's a deep sense of hope in our togetherness. Okay? There's a deep sense of hope. Now, let me just explain that. I'm going to read the very same scripture again. Psalm 51 verse 10. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. The, the sacrifice of God are a broken spirit, a broken a contrite heart you will not despise. Now, now we are looking from the other side, okay? Let me read the next scripture as well. Just bear with me. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie. We do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Okay, there's a togetherness. And the blood of Jesus, his son, he cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Okay? But if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When we come together, we become a part of God's family. We know and we realize and we pick up that, yes, I'm not perfect, but we also know that others are not. Okay? We sometimes hear people come up and they share a testimony. They'll say, listen, I messed up in this area. I came to the Lord and he's really helping me. Maybe you're walking with a friend that's going through something terrible um, and you know that they, that they, they sinned, all right? But you see God lifting them up and you behold them walking with the Lord through their weakness and it encourages you because you know there's also hope then for me. Worshiping together with people that also made mistakes but now are growing, that helps me to give me hope. Okay, Lord.
there's also hope for me. I am not alone. Now, sometimes when we are alone, when we get isolated, in Secunda, um, there was interesting ways to express stuff. I, I lived there for eight years. I said, when you are alone, the devil will panel beat you. Okay? If you are alone in the corner, you will be sold lies and stuff. You need to be perfect. There will be so many pressures on you. But when we come together and we see, this is, this is a human just like me. Worshipping the Lord, opening their heart. I am filled with hope again. Okay, I also don't have to be perfect. But what is required of me? An honest heart. That is required. There's an anointing in our togetherness. There's a growth in honesty in my worship. And there's a deep sense of hope as I see others pursuing the Lord through their imperfections. If church becomes a place where we must only show our perfect side, then we have failed. It is in a broken, a contrite spirit that the Lord delights. Truth in the inward being. Can we get this wrong? Yes. Yes, 100%. We can get... Has churches in the past gotten this wrong? Yes. Have we gotten this wrong? Yes. But this is what we are after. This is where we are aiming. Now, let me wrap up this morning. I want to ask you, how, how are you doing with the Lord? Do you feel close to Him? Do you still remember the the promises you made to him when you, were, when you were young or what you heard him say to you, do you still remember? Are you still holding on? Or have you given up on being near to him? Are you keeping him at an arm's length? I want to encourage you this morning. This will be the purpose of my message for you to draw near to him again and to once again become a worshiper before him, to minister to the Lord and to see and experience him helping you, sustaining you, giving you revelation, fighting for you, experiencing him ministering back to you. This is the last scripture for the morning. And Jesus withdrew from them about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. So we see Jesus there praying. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours. And there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him or ministering to him. And then he continued to carry the sin of the world. Now, sometimes we think, <clears throat> I'm not qualified. My life and my worship is not perfect. And you are right about that. But there's one who obeyed. After praying, Lord, take this cup from me. God's will rather for him was to continue. An angel came and strengthened him and he completed the task after his moment of worship. So that imperfect people like you and me can come to him. and There will be forgiveness for us and closeness with the Lord.
today we don't draw near because we are perfect. We don't draw near because we've got it down. We draw near because Jesus was perfect. And we approach the Father through him. Let's do that this morning. I just feel let's, have, let's, let's finish this morning being reflective. Just where you are sitting this morning. I want to ask you how close, how close would you say are you to Jesus at this moment in time? Just where you're sitting, maybe sit back and close your eyes. I know there's some people here that at one stage you felt so near. You felt so near. And then you lost hope. This morning is a time to come back to worship him again. And I want to ask you, are you, how are you doing as a worshiper of the Lord? Do you still bring your heart to him in worship? I very rarely hear people in the worship team complain about stuff around church. And also those who minister around us here, the coffee, the stuff. They're not the complainers because they have their eyes on a higher vision. I want to invite you to put your eyes again on the Lord, to make him the bullseye of your heart. And let church help with that. Let our togetherness when we come here in the mornings, when, when we sing, enjoy the fact there's momentum because people have prepared and then take it into your life. One of the graces given to the church is worship to help us draw to the Lord and draw near to Him and to experience Him in our lives. We worship you this morning, Lord. But I want to give a challenge to each and everyone sitting here. <clears throat> Hendrik and the band cannot draw near to God on your behalf. They can create a, a, a consecrated place where there's an opportunity for you. But you have to draw near to the Lord for yourself. Amen. So I want to ask you this morning. Draw near to Him. Just where you are sitting. Say, Help me. I bring my heart to you again. My broken heart. And I worship you. I give you the glory. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're just ministering to people in their chairs this morning. Also give revelation, Lord, as people turn their hearts to you. Um, show them, help them, give guidance. lift you up in this place, Lord. Let's worship the Lord with some thanksgiving. I'm just leading us in some reflection. So let's thank the Lord again. What, what can you thank Him for this morning? As you are sitting, say, thank you, Jesus, for your blood. Thank you that you came to save me.
what else is there in your life lift up prayers of thanksgiving to the lord it's easier in here than it is at home just where you are sitting just whisper say thank you for my kinners thank you for my parents lord thank you for food on my plate thank you for my cell group none like you and then after giving thanks to him let's make our request known to him again <clears throat> we did it in worship as well if you have to pray to, about the same thing do it again say lord from this place of praise i also want to bring this concern to you <clears throat> in a way it's also worship when you bring your request because you are bringing it to him take it to him say lord help me with this Right now, put it before the feet of the Lord. Will you help me? worship the faith is void it's not there it's not there and that's why I felt it important this morning to, to, to preach through this think about worship this week think about him putting praise on him when you get in your car in the morning let's be a church not with a worship team but a church full of worshipers amen we're going to be in front. We're going to have some facilitators here. If you want to pray about anything, is there anything that popped up? And if you have a request or a heartache or something you're not sure about, we just want to pray with you. I'm going to formally dismiss you right now. Please grab a coffee and a tea um, on your way out. God bless you and we'll see you next week. Amen.